Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. On The Advertising Show, which is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adh.com. The Advertising Show, a big radio midgets production. As we've spared no expense for this guest today, it's a great one, too. It's Lynn Upshaw out of uh, Northern California uh, and uh, uh, an author, a co-author. The, the book that I think we're going to be talking about a little bit tonight is called Truth, The New Rules for Marketing in a Skeptical World and a bunch more that Lynn does with his company, Upshaw Marketing. We've got, uh, let's see, who else? Momentarily, it's Jean Bliss, the customer experience. And what she's suggesting today is, Brad, stop the survey madness. Okay, hmm. we'll find out what that's all about. And Patrick Meyer, our marketing insider out of the uh, out of New York, intuitive marketing is what he's talking about. A little bit later on this hour, with Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsyth on the advertising show. That's all. A lot of stuff going on here in a very short period of time, but we're glad you're with us. Uh, TV guide. Did you used to get those TV guides uh, little, years ago? The little ones. Yeah. I mean, everybody had Probably. one of those, right? Yeah. We Before they started those. putting it in the newspaper for free, but yes. Yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I look, I look forward to getting those things, and it didn't uh, didn't bother uh, me to have my parents pay for it. <laughs> the publication, <laughs> famous for its television-centric editorial and show listings, launches at TVGuide.com a few days ago. It's an online video guide, a search service that'll attempt. Uh, to filter out the junk and leave users with the best of Internet video that is related to television. Uh, Searching for video content of uh, 24 or uh, The Office, for example, at Google, Yahoo, or any other search engine leads to a a painful array of too many choices. Don't need that. Uh, At tvguide.com, what they're saying, a search of 24 uh, at the new search device will first point users to free episodes available at fox.com, then to all of the other uh, professionally produced content related to the show. Uh, we're filling a niche that Google and YouTube are not because they are not strictly TV-focused. And according to the uh, Nielsen's ratings, uh, TVGuy.com garnered about 4.9 million unique visitors in August. That's up uh, 70% over uh, year to year. So uh, they're making strides and they're changing. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Yeah, it is interesting. And you would think that... Uh after this many years, if they've been able to survive, then uh, why, why not? They should be gravitating to, a, yeah. to an online uh, channel. You know, there was a scathing editorial uh, just a few weeks ago in, in Advertising Age, and I've been meaning to mention it on the show the last few weeks, and I haven't had a chance to. didn't have our names in it, did well, no, but it had some, you know, a pre- few previous guests here on the advertising show, in particular oh, really? the uh, director of... Uh, of Advertising Week. It, it's it's not a pretty picture in terms of what they have to say about Advertising Week. And I believe we had the director, uh, executive director of Advertising Week New York City on the show during their initial launch of that, what was it, four years ago. Sure, yeah. And uh, it seems like they're, they're doing pretty much the same old thing there. They've, they've fine-tuned it a little bit here and there, but... Uh, you know, it's really too bad. And the one thing that really jumped out at me when in reading about Advertising Week, and by the way, we were we were all over Advertising Week here at the Advertising Show, compliments of Alt Terrain, right. and we're visible at uh, several events through uh, through them, which is an alternative media company. If you saw our name and you're a new listener to uh, the Advertising Show and visited AdvertisingShow.com. Thank you very much. Yes, yes welcome. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the one thing that jumped out at me was the fact that uh, – 
you know, the advertising industry does a great job and gets paid to promote their clients, but when it comes to self-promotion and promoting the industry, sure, mm, falls flat. Well, that's that's not unusual. <laughs> well, I, I I I can point you to a number of, uh, of agencies that don't know how to market themselves, or yeah. or uh, radio stations or television stations mm-hmm. that don't either as well. So yeah, you're right. Wow. But you would think that, you know, some say, well, we don't want to promote ourselves as far as a company, but when they want, you know, and they'll have that excuse, but I agree with you, they, those that do, don't do a very good job of it. But right. when you try to get the best minds around the industry to promote the industry and, and do a average to poor job and you have people within the industry criticizing right. the effort, then what do you have there? <laughs> you can't say it on the radio. No, you can't. <laughs> Would you say it's too many egos, maybe, Brad? Huh? Something. I don't know. I think maybe it lacks leadership or, yeah, trying to please too many people. Too many a number brain of things. surgeons there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. debate this thing to death and they'll scrap it and not do anything about it then. Okay. Right. Well, that'd be nice. We talked about uh, TV just a few moments ago with uh, TV Guide. Panasonic is back with a new campaign. They wanted the families to spend more time together by watching more television as a family. A new integrated campaign from uh, MDC Partners, uh, uh, Kirschenbaum, Bond and Partners, tries to uh, uh, convince people that it's okay to watch more TV than they already do as long as they do it together, hmm. which brings some very interesting things into play, like some of the shows that's, that are on during, like, family time and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. such like that. Right. So, uh, anyway, you see, you'll, see, uh, you'll see an ad from Panasonic uh, promoting television. But obviously, why not? I mean, they sell TVs. That'd probably be a good way to get people to watch TV a little bit. Right. Lynn Upshaw is coming up here in just a moment on the advertising show. A principal of Upshaw Marketing, widely recognized authority on brand marketing, and member of the MBA faculty at the Haas, uh, or the Haas or the Haas School of Business, University of California at Berkeley. He is also faculty contributor and leadership director at uh, UC Berkeley Center for Executive Development. We've got Lynn coming up here in just a few moments, and we'll tell you more about uh, Lynn. Uh, and his company. Right now, let's take a break for just a moment. Jean Bliss, brand new here on the advertising show, The Customer Experience, and she's talking about Stop the Survey Madness. Welcome to The Customer Experience, making customers your true priority for a profitable outcome. With your host, author, speaker, consultant, and customer crusader, Jean Bliss. We have created a kind of hysterical customer feedback muscle in our companies by over-surveying our customers and asking ever so thoughtfully, how can we improve? Customers have told us what to do again and again. Quarterly surveys, annual surveys, even transactional surveys they've responded to. Yet we haven't moved much on the information. What we need to do is stop the survey madness and move from talk to action. I bet you can recite the top 10 issues your customers have right now. Do something about them. Customers read the lack of action as lack of caring and certainly lack of respect. We all overbrain what the customer effort should be. So start by striking these top 10 things from your corporate-wide to-do list. Then tell your customers how you heeded their words. You'll bowl them over with your action, I guarantee it. This is Gene Bliss reminding you your customers are the most valuable asset of your business. This has been your weekly installment of The Customer Experience with Gene Bliss. Directing transformational customer insights for major U.S. market leaders, Gene is corporate America's change agent. 
for a new inspirational understanding of today's consumer. To learn more about Gene's books and speaking engagements, or simply how to drive customer profitability for your company, log on to CustomerBliss.com. Hey, thanks, Gene, on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and uh, Lynn Upshaw just about to join us here uh, for a few segments. A little bit later on this hour, it's Patrick Meyer and the Marketing Insider. What is that you're holding there? What is that? Well, you know, uh, it's a little piece on one of your favorite uh, destinations, Abu Dhabi. I know it's uh, a fa- favorite vacationing uh, country yeah, both for you. The twin cities of Abu and Dhabi. Yeah. That's right. right. Uh, Warner Brothers <laughs> announced recently a long-term <laughs> multifaceted strategic alliance calling for a theme park, hotel, multiplex cinemas, as well as a joint uh, fund to finance films, develop video games, and build out uh, infrastructure for Abu Dhabi's new media company right yeah and if you if you can believe that it, it seems kind of weird the warner pact is the is with abu dhabi's leading real estate developer aldar and the uh, newly established abu dhabi media company according to the studio's pr people there's a yet to be named film company formed by this new venture along hmm. with a hotel theme park uh, as well as uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment will draw upon selected properties for its live action and animated library. So, hmm. uh, you know, it's an interesting, uh, you know, I don't know, seriously, Abu Dhabi is a very uh, oil-rich country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, if you know anything about that area over there, this is more one of the more democratic uh uh, less, uh, That's nice. uh, more stable countries, I guess I more should say, in the region. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you can say that with tongue in cheek, right? Yeah. And, and, and what's interesting is that, uh, well, we'll talk more about it later. It's very interesting, and we'll need to wait until, oh, uh, 15 minutes or so before we talk about that. Yeah. Lynn Upshaw with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show is next. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and a very special guest, Lynn Upshaw out of... Uh, Northern California, Lynn and his company, Upshaw Marketing, uh, helps clients build marketing plans, strategic brand platforms, councils, managers, and uh, senior executives on building comprehensive marketing programs. Some of the clients, Visa International, SPC Communications, which, of course, is now AT&T, 3Com, Wind River Systems, WellPoint Health Networks, and much, much more. And Lynn is also co-author of uh, several books on marketing strategies, Building Brand Identity, uh, strategy for Success in a Hostile Marketplace, The Master Brand Mandate, and a book also called Truth, The New Rules for Marketing in a Skeptical World. Lynn, thanks for taking time out of your weekend, and we welcome you to the Advertising Show. Thank you. Good to be here, guys. Yeah, and a great, great book, great read, uh, uh, published by Amicom. Uh, Truth, I assume, is your more recent uh, recent uh, issue, right? Yeah, that uh, you know, just came out a couple months ago. Yeah. Highly recommended. If you're uh, not familiar with the book, uh, Google uh, Lynn Upshaw or check it out at Amazon.com. It's a great read. And why don't we talk a little bit about uh, your book for a second. Uh, your subtitle, The New Rules for Marketing in a Skeptical World, what, how did you come up with the idea for the book? I think it's uh, we all recognize as marketers that consumers are skeptic today, and I guess they've been skeptical for a while. But uh, how did you come up with the idea, Lynn? Well, I just saw I just saw a series of forces happening in the marketplace that were kind of coming together. Uh, we've got uh, a lot more skeptics out there about business in general, 
because of Enron and all the problems that companies have been having in, in the governance areas for the last uh, few years. And um, at the same time that's happening, of course, as the Internet proliferates, uh, consumers are, are so much better informed. In fact, um, I, I suspect it happens pretty frequently that consumers, after they do some research and do some blogging, may know as much or more about a product than a marketer uh, actually does, about the way it's uh, performing out there. So you've got a lot more informed people out there. And then you, you continue to have the, the, frankly, low esteem that marketers and advertising people are held in in the, in the world. I mean, it's sad to say, but uh, in a poll not too long ago, advertising uh, practitioners were, were ranked just above uh, car salesmen. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, get, you get all these things happening at the same time, and people are, are basically saying, I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of this, I'm fed up with it. And now they're get, they've got some tools to work with. They've got DVRs to cut out, cut out advertising. They've got pop out, uh, pop-up blockers. They've got a series of things that are being put in their hands. So we're, all these things are kind of coming together, and it's making it a lot tougher to, to build trust out there for a brand. Yeah, and so uh, you, you line up uh, several different ideas in the book and give examples of companies that uh, we can all learn from, as you identify in, in uh, Chapter 2. But just kind of a, a, an overall thought here I wanted to get your reaction to. Uh, I agree with everything that you're saying, and I think a lot of technology and the ad- advent of the uh, Internet has all been about being able to get some insight into what consumers are interested in and be able to, to deliver them a message that they are predisposed to and therefore have an interest, and it's not so difficult at that point uh, to try to sway or convince because uh, they're predisposed to learning more because you know a little bit about them. What's your reaction to that? I think that's probably uh, just, fi- uh, just fine in the marketplace as long as it's done on an upfront basis. You know, the key to a lot of this is disclosure. Uh, if you basically let the con- consumer know what's going on and that you, you, in fact, are getting information from whatever source, or if, if, if you've got a spokesperson in the marketplace that is uh, trying to speak to you in language that uh, really appeals to that person based on the data you have, you, that spokesperson identifies himself as uh, being from a certain company. You know, those are, those are fairly legitimate things to do, uh, I think, as long as you don't have invasion of privacy. And that's mm-hmm. the big bugaboo that is kind of waiting out there in the, in the wings. Uh, you know, in advertising, we're protected by First Amendment rights, but, but, but uh, American jurists have quoted three or four other amendments that indicate that right of privacy uh, can be just as strong here. And so if you're, if you're working that data out based on scanners or whatever, and uh, you, you start using that on the consumer, you need to disclose what's happening, where you're getting that information, and, and uh, that you're doing it for their good. You know, some have suggested that eventually the consumer will be willing to trade off a little bit of uh, uh, privacy for in exchange for custom communication from advertisers and marketers. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that that may be the case, but you know, I think it, it needs to be a decision that they make. Uh, I think that the internet has set us up very well with opt-in um, uh, formatting, uh, so that if if we're constantly taking that approach in all kinds of marketing and basically saying, look, we have an opportunity to do this for you, it'll mean using certain amount of information. This is where the information comes from, and the consumer makes that decision. Then I think that uh, marketers are are free and clear to do it as long as they don't share it with other companies without letting the consumer know. But yeah. it's when it's done without their knowledge 
um, that you run into problems. You know, there's an old saying in politics that applies to marketing, and they say you can you can you can do certain things, and the American public will certainly forgive you. But if you hide what you've done, then that's when they stop forgiving. And I think mm-hmm. that's for marketers. It's got to be about letting them know what their choices are, where the information comes from, and uh, letting them make the choice. You know, going back to what you were uh, speaking about with regard to disclosure, I'm curious how far you you would suggest taking that. Do you think that there needs to be disclosure with, for example, product placement? I, th- I think we need to be looking at that as a possibility. Um, it, it, what it does, of course, is it, it completely uh, screws up uh, creative uh, work uh, if, if you literally had to do it, you know, in program. And if you put it at the end in MySpipe or an announcer who speaks at uh, 5,000 words a minute, though, it, television does this now, actually, for promotional considerations, then, then you know, you have to ask, is that really a, uh, a help in, in uh, the process? But I, I think that you're going to see a kind of a, a cutting edge of consumer. More and more uh, groups are, are, are forming out there. Um, that are basically saying, look, let, let us decide. So you give us the information. You let us know that this is the case. Um, other times, you know, we may not have that obligation because it's so obvious. You know, if it's for- brought to you by Ford and there are Fords being driven around in, this, in the show, I'm not so sure that's as critical. But when you, when you have this product placement everywhere uh, and it appears to be random, you, you may have some people demanding that over time. Right now, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, this era of informed skepticism, wh- where do you think this uh, has, has come from? Has the consumer always been uh, skeptical and today they just have more access to more information? Or, or what's your thoughts there? I, I think that they've probably been uh, skeptical of marketers in general. Uh, they know uh, that they're being sold something or people are attempting to sell it, so there's a certain amount of skepticism about it. What's made it much worse than it used to be is uh, uh, a couple of things. One is, uh, uh, as I mentioned before, the, the so many companies caught red-handed. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds of executives being convicted of crimes, all types of crimes, not marketing and sale. You're, 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 the pharmaceutical industry alone, pharmaceutical industry, has been fined more than $3 billion in the past uh, five or six years uh, for marketing and sales malfeasance. Now, when those kinds of things start popping up in the newspapers constantly, uh, that's going to increase the skepticism. Uh, and now you have the pharmaceutical industry uh, as kind of the, um, the, the heavyweight in, in virtually every discussion uh, the consumers have. They, they, they really think it. many consumers feel it's us against them. And it's not going to be helped any by a Democratic Congress who is, is uh, you know, certainly out there uh, looking for uh, problems that consumers have. So... Um, uh, I think that's all ramped it up, and then it's the fuel. The, the fire has been fueled even more by blog, by the blogging that goes on. And so many people have opinions, and they sound so authoritative. And you know, if you have a uh, advertising show um, uh, brand, you prob- there's probably an uh, uh, advertising show sucks.com out there. Somebody <laughs> started. You know. Let's hope not, guys. But that. That, you know what I'm talking about. It's it, it's there in, in, in so many companies, Gap and, and yeah, Walmart right. and so on. And so it, it's just ramping all of this up. It's PR right now. Not really. Uh, then Upshaw is our special guest here on the advertising show. 
com, not sucks. But uh, we've got uh, Lynn back for a couple more segments. I probably could have used another example. No, I think it was well. a great example. I think that's funny. Let's take a break here. We'll come back and talk more with Lynn. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Susie Chapstick has changed her name. Call me Susie Chapstick. Hey, Just call me Susie. It's uh, Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. Our very special guest out of uh, Northern California is the author of the book called Truth, the New Year Rules for Marketing in a Skeptical World. Lynn Upshaw is with us, uh, Upshaw Marketing uh, is the company. And uh, Lynn, welcome back to the show. Great to have you here. Thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, Lynn, you wrote a provocative article for Advertising Age this past summer entitled Integrity in Marketing is Not an Option. And uh, let's jump into to some of the topics that you uh, touched upon during that article. And I want to challenge you on a couple here in particular. I mean, I mean, after all, how boring would it be if we just sat around and agreed with one another? You, you mentioned, go. yeah, you mentioned in your article that uh, research suggests that uh, 75% of respondents uh, said that they prefer to buy from a company that operates ethically, even if they had to pay more. Now, not that I disagree that there's a need for integrity in marketing, because I certainly do agree that there is. This particular finding, Lynn, strikes me as one of those findings where people say one thing during research, but it's another thing when it comes right down to actual behavior. Your thoughts on that? There's no doubt that number is is high uh, when you're talking about behavior. uh, I can't. I, I, I'm the last to believe that 75% of people would actually uh, pay more uh, just buying from an ethical company. On the other hand, let's assume for a second that uh, two-thirds of that number is incorrect. So uh, mm-hmm. only 25% of the people would do it. Well, that's a lot of people out there, depending upon what, what you're selling. Uh, what the, the, the larger point isn't so much the 75%. The point is that there are uh, a large uh, segment of consumers who are now beginning to say, which of these companies is really more ethical? And, and making decisions is becoming, as I point out in the book, a driver of choice. So, and often the companies that I talk about in the, uh, in the book as being outstanding examples, such as, uh, just to give one example, Herman Miller Furniture uh, Company out of Michigan, uh, you know, they're charging uh, a premium for their products, a lot of these companies. But, but they, are, they have a loyal following, not just because they have terrific products, but, but they can be trusted. So even if that 75% is way over the amount of uh, the, the percentage of people who would actually change their behavior, even one-third of that group uh, would be a heck of a lot of people to be concerned about, and you never want to lose a third of possible consumers because they thought you were uh, uh, not a company or a brand to be trusted. I agree, and there are many examples of of uh, what you're speaking of there. And uh, what comes to mind is years ago, Ben and Jerry's. It wasn't an inexpensive uh, product, but yet a company with integrity and and stood for something. And then, of course, 
uh, more recently, who would have ever thought we'd be paying three or four bucks for a cup of coffee? Thank you, Starbucks. So, yeah. uh, and once again, a great brand and a company that uh, behaves themselves and, and does things pretty much on the on the up and up. Uh, another challenging uh, uh, element of your of your article that jumped out at me, and again, I pretty much agreed with most of what you had stated in your article. But when a pharmaceutical company, Lynn, gets fined millions because of allegedly misleading marketing and sales practices. I'm wondering, you know, what real impact does this have on consumers the next time they see a, a, DD, a DTC uh, ad for a prescription drug? In other words, I don't think that a consumer who may see a 15-second news item on the evening news makes the connection between pharm- pharmaceutical company X uh, and the particular drug that they're seeing uh, on the, you know, primetime TV program later that evening. Well, I think I'd argue with that. There's one company in particular that uh, has been embroiled in lawsuits for quite a while, um, having to do with uh, a, a major uh, drug that they market. And they have seen, uh, during much of this period, they saw at one point a 50% decline uh, in, the, in, the, in the company's stock uh, over a, a five-year period. Uh, and, and one of the big reasons was that uh, there was a lot of uncertainty about whether they were going to have to pay hundreds of millions in fines uh, as they were, uh, 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 according to some people anyway, allegedly uh, proven to, uh, to use the wrong techniques, uh, sales techniques with doctors and, and also in talking about it with consumers. So mm-hmm. it can have an impact. It can have an impact on one of the most important factors, which is your stock price. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it can have an impact. You, you saw what happened with, uh, you know, with products that have major problems, uh, the Ford Firestone debacle, uh, a lot of the problems Ford lost, uh, I think, five, between $575 million in sales. Uh, all three uh, CEOs lost their job. The Ford, the Firestone, and the Bridgestone CEOs all lost their job. Some of that was because of the uh, problems with the product, but a lot of it was because the people felt they couldn't trust Ford and Firestone for that time. So they couldn't buy a Rick Explorer. They couldn't buy a Firestone tire. So right. it can have a really serious uh, de- deleterious effect on the business. And just one reaction, Wall Street losing confidence in a company, I agree, that is an issue. But I I guess my point is, Viagra, Cialis, do people, consumers really know whether it's Pfizer or Lilly? Uh, You know, uh, Ray, pull it out of your pocket and see what it says on there. Well, they they do if it's in the headlines a lot. Uh, Well, that's that's true. That's when they, you know, the Vioxx. Merck connection. Uh, right. No. Did most people know in the beginning? No. Not at all. Not. But you see it every day in the New York Times or wherever, and sooner or later you're going to get that connection and you're going to begin to uh, put two and two together and be concerned. It's Lynn Upshaw on the Advertising Show. Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth. We've got uh, more of our conversation with Lynn. Got to take a break here. We'll be back with more in just a minute. How can 18 different companies all sell the exact same thing known as water? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most thought-provoking, groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. Your job demands you not only have good ideas, but great ideas. And those great ideas have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. 
How can you get someone's attention if you don't have $10 million in a celebrity endorsement? It starts here in Advertising Age, the leading source for marketing, advertising, media, and ideas. For almost 75 years, we've covered the most innovative and groundbreaking stories in the industry, giving you the competitive edge to be a leader. The next big idea demands out-of-the-box thinking. Start your search for greatness in the pages of Advertising Age and also online at adage.com. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Nobody can call George Whipple an old fuddy-duddy. This new sign is right up with the times. Maybe this will stop the ladies from squeezing Charmin bathroom tissue. Hey, welcome back to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And our very special guest out of Northern California is the author of uh, Truth, The New Rules for Marketing in a Skeptical World. It is Lynn Upshaw. Lynn, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you very much. Yeah, great book. I recommend it and uh, check it out. Uh, Talk a little bit about, Lynn, if you would, what can happen when a company tries to control or influence consumers today, especially in an online environment. Uh, well, a good example of this is Walmart uh, a year or two ago uh, was uh, uh, buying, uh, a- a- hiring uh, people to blog on their behalf and uh, not mentioning, not disclosing that they were uh, representing Walmart and they were obviously saying good things about Walmart and uh, in an attempt to, you know, uh, uh, attempt to uh, offset the labor practice problems and other things. And uh, they caught what their uh, they got caught for it. Uh, more recently, we've had the CEO of Whole Foods who was blogging uh, uh, using uh, uh, you know not using his name and um, talking about his uh, competition and slamming his competition, which he was in the process of buying at the time. Uh, when these things happen, um, is it, does it mean people stop flocking start flocking out of the place? No, but it. it it plants a seed of doubt about whether you can believe companies that are doing things like this. And uh, it, it frankly hurts, I think, a lot of different companies in the industry and beyond if uh, sooner or later people start saying, is there anything I can believe? Is there anything mm-hmm. I can really uh, believe online? Uh, or is somebody paying somebody to talk about that? And we, you know, we have any number of spokespeople who have the, the Texas commentator who talked about the uh, no child left behind on behalf mm-hmm. of the U.S. government. Turned out he was paid by the U.S. government. The man was asked, "Are you going to return the money?" He said, "That'd be ludicrous. They paid for advertising, and, <laughs> and I gave it to him." You know, yeah. but he never disclosed he was working for the U.S. government. Well, you're right, and uh, you know, disclosure I think is the key, and uh, you can really get into trouble. When the, the online chat and all of that when it first came out, companies tried to. Uh, uh, and introduce shills and paid uh, hands in there, and it can, it really cannot just not. I'm sorry, it can not only just backfire on you; it can have devastating results. Uh, word of mouth marketing, Lynn, is a subject we've covered frequently here on the advertising show. How's that industry doing when it comes to upholding the integrity of their so-called self-regulated industry? You know, the industry is like a number of other industries, public relations, advertising. They have guidelines, uh, the, the WAMA, the, the uh, Word of Mouth Association, Marketing Association, in 2005 set up guidelines. I actually printed in the back of my book. Uh, and and that one of the first guidelines is that you should disclose. Uh, and by the way, they have evidence from any number of academic uh, research that indicates if you do disclose, it adds credibility. It doesn't take it away. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that that industry and a lot of other industries like it cannot, they don't have any teeth. They, there's no way they can enforce it. So people can pretty much do what they want to do. 
and they get together once a year in a convention and talk about how they have to disclose, but whether anybody does or not is really up to them. That's part of the issue here, and one of the big messages I'd want to leave here is uh, that if if we don't start regulating ourselves in marketing, if we don't uh, really start paying attention to some of these things, particularly as social networking expands, uh, we're going to have some people doing it for us, uh, like uh, attorneys, uh, state attorneys general, and others who are uh, finding new ways to make money by finding people. So, well, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and along those same lines, if you are a, uh, a marketer out there and you have an advertising agency, uh, one final piece of advice in terms of integrity and, and uh, maintaining a truthful and honest marketing: whose responsibility is that? Is it the marketers, the agency, who? It's going to be, I think, the marketers, and I think the marketers uh, have got to tell their agencies how to operate uh, in this area, and they've got to build integrity into their uh, marketing plans, and, and I show in the book how to do that and how to also train your own people in integrity. Uh, when you do those things, uh, the agencies will follow. Other, other uh, uh, providers will follow, and uh, we're going to find an industry in better shape right now uh, than we have right now in terms of reputation, and that's crucial moving forward. And the book is called Truth, the New Rules for Marketing in a Skeptical World. Lynn, unfortunately we are out of time, but it's been a pleasure having you here on the show. Best of luck with your book and continued success at Upshaw Marketing as well. Thanks so much, guys. It was a pleasure talking to you. We've got more of the advertising show coming your way in just a moment. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. See the USA in your Chevrolet. America is asking you to call. Drive your Chevrolet through the USA. Fun talking to Lynn Upshaw and uh, go get the book, okay? It's uh, The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Uh, Just a few moments away from Patrick Myers. Uh, feature this week. It's called uh, Intuitive Marketing, so we'll find out what that's all about. Hey, by the way, next week we got uh, the founder and executive creative director of Swivel Media uh, out of California. It is uh, Eric Hauser, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll talk to Eric, and it should be a great interview as uh, as well. Um, this is weird. Would you connect a, well, I suppose you would, maybe, I don't know, uh, Coors and NASCAR yeah, probably no, so. Maybe, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, lapping butt as racing's, uh, racing league's official beer. Nothing, you know, nothing goes together better than racing and beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Coors Light uh, is in. Budweiser is out as the official beer of NASCAR. The Auto Racing League announced, uh, gosh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was. Beginning in 08, the five-year, $20 million deal gives Coors Light exclusive access access to uh, NASCAR logos and advertising, packaging, promotions, as well as the right to brand the Pole Award, which goes to the fastest qualifying Polish person in each race. You <laughs> see. <the> po- <laughs> Picking up ground, it says Coors Light, uh, the, number, the number three beer, uh, has picked up some sales uh, ground on larger rivals, larger rivals Bud Light and Miller Light this year, and hopes the high-profile sponsorship will continue the momentum. So if you're you're watching the race, not participating. Have a mm. course, like well, okay. And the one thing that uh, goes better, I think, than uh, beer and NASCAR is crack. And I'm not talking about the drug. Crack. I'm talking about those guys that uh, wear those low-rising. Uh, oh, those guys. Jeans <laughs> that are rather big guys. And the wife beater T-shirts there. Yeah. Yeah. I keep yeah. my screwdriver back there. Yeah. Yeah. Could you get it for me? <laughs> no. 
No, thank you very much. <laughs> hey, let's uh, at this point it would probably be a good time because this sounds you know it sounds good. Patrick Meyer here is uh, is on the advertising show, don't you think? It's called Intuitive Marketing. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about intuitive marketing. So you're thinking, what's that? Marketing based on your gut, your intuition? Well, yeah, that's important. You may be aware that in design, packaging, graphics, ID, there's a thing going on called intuitive design. It's linking to what's right from the consumer standpoint. It's creating ideas that the consumer sees, embraces, and so right for what their needs and wants are. They're simple and they're powerful. But let's bring that over into marketing. Intuitive marketing is creating ideas and solutions and approaches that are right for the consumer, that come right out of insight-driven approaches. I'm not just talking decks and research presentations. I'm talking about ethnographic, anthropologic, down-in-the-trenches, talking-to-consumers kind of insights where you really understand what's going on in their world. I think of intuitive marketing around three words, wow, easy, and cool. The wow piece is, if they can't talk about it, don't do it. In other words, they have to scream with delight. They have to want to tell their friends. They want to become advocates. That's about wow. Second, easy. So easy, a caveman could do it. How do you touch the consumer? How do you embrace them? Where do you fit in their world? How do they buy you, embrace you, etc.? Third is cool. If you take the wow, combine it with the easy, and put a shell around it called cool. It can be cool, it can be hip, it can be nurturing, it can be loving, it can be beautiful, but it's wrapping it in emotion. Follow those three things, and you have intuitive marketing. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer as your Marketing Insider. And remember, the revolution is now. Hey, you want to know more? Go to nowing.net or send me an email at patrick at nowing.net. Thank you very much, Patrick. On the advertising show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Hey, by the way, if we have to mention our, our uh, great relationship we had with the folks at uh, Shipple.com. It's Ed Shipple and his crew, incredible job with a platform called Tendency. Shipple is a web marketing company. So if you're uh, deficient in that area or want to do a better job, go go go, go talk to Ed. He'll, he'll take care of you real good. Yeah. Uh, it's a great see. company. Oh, absolutely. Eric Hauser, founder, executive creative director, Swivel Media with us next week on the advertising show. What is that that you have there? Well, you know, uh, the most sexually adventurous states in America has been uh, researched now, according to a five-year study released today, or not today, but recently, I should say, in the uh, by the New Sex Institute of Beverly Hills, California. This will blow you yeah. away. I'm going to skip the number one <laughs> okay. because the number... Two, three, and four will not be uh, will not be a surprise. I'm going to guess Wisconsin. <laughs> well, it'll surprise you, and I, I don't think you'd ever guess it. Number two is California, no surprise there. Three is Texas, no surprise there. Four is right. New York, the most sexually adventurous state. Okay, no surprises so right, far. Right, right. Number five is Utah. Well, of course they're adventurous. They got multiple wives going there. <laughs> uh, Florida is sixth. Everybody's in a bikini. Yeah. Seven, Michigan, kind of a surprise. Uh, Illinois, sure. eight, I guess Chicago. Uh, carries that state. Sure. Nine, Massachusetts. Ten, Pennsylvania. The number one most sexually adventurous state Alaska? in America. No? Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Right. I don't get that. Yeah, I know why. It's called the show me state. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, yeah, I hadn't that's thought it. about that. It's yeah. a show me state. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, look at this. Yeah. Hey, look over yeah. here. Show ah. me. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. 
<laughs> so is. if you live in Missouri, we don't mean any uh, any harm to your uh, reputation there. Hmm. Yeah. It's Ray Schoen's Brad Forsyth here. Welcome you uh, back in next week, too, with Eric Hauser, founder and executive creative director at Swivel Media out of California. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Tell a friend, really. We, we say that to folks, uh, the guests and everything, but uh, go ahead and tell a friend about the advertising show. You can visit here anytime, you know. It's like a 24-7 Walmart, except we have better prices. And we don't check your bags when you leave. Oh, I hate that. I hate that, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a whole other issue. Anyway, I uh, hope you had a good time. Advertising Edge Magazine, our sponsor. Visit online at adage.com. And it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth here. I hope to see you next week. The Advertising Show is a big Radio Midgets production. <laughs>